0: It's going to be a football game tonight, man. No doubt. It's going to be a football, football game here. Okay. I, I here All right. Let's go, baby. Hey. Toss the to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. Watson. Touchdown. Hunter. Renfro, little man makes another enormous play, one second remaining. Ladies and gentlemen, football to the max. Your host, Sean Garmer, Gary Vaughn,
1: and... Hello and welcome to another football to the max. Uh, We're going to do things a little bit differently here, as you may not be able to tell by the sound of my voice, but I'm not feeling great. I have a headache and a fever right now, but we're going to do this show. Uh, Anyway, we're not going to do the split show or have a full uh, week three recap either, uh, just because uh, it's, it's not been a good set of like two days for me with being under the weather and and I didn't get a chance to really watch anything other than uh, certain things here and there. And, and mainly just to listen uh, while I was at work on Sunday. So uh, Eric is here with me uh, to talk this big Monday night win for the Dallas Cowboys 28-17 over the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals dropping to 1-2 and two, and the Cowboys 2-1. and one. Uh, just general thoughts, I guess, before we get into specifics here.
0: Ibuprofen and orange slices?
1: Ibuprofen and orange slices? Oh, orange slices sound about good right about now, actually. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I was really referring to more the game than my health, but I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Eh, when your mom's a nurse, it, it it's a force of habit. but I mean as far as the game, it it's, it's in some ways indicative of what Arizona's done this season. Carson Palmer, house on fire, ties a personal best, completing his first 11 passes. Then things start to snowball.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it felt like this the Cowboys are about to go to another repeat of the game from last week. And you're sitting here thinking, uh-oh, here we go. It's the same thing. Zeke is being stopped. He's running negative yards, running one, two-yard deals. The Arizona offense is just absolutely doing whatever they want. And the Cowboys defense can't stop them. And... You know, I think a lot of it changed on the, the Palmer, the, the holding call, subsequent Palmer sack, which I think was the first one by Lawrence for the day. It was. And then the 36 yard field goal miss for Phil which, Dawson.
0: Yeah. For which normally for a kicker like Dawson is a chip shot. Now I will admit seeing it at full speed the Cowboys did look like they were getting a rush around the right end. So Dawson had to hurry the kick in order to avoid a block. And that did it just enough to push it wide right. And that's where the it, momentum began.
1: It, it might have been, but I still feel like this is so weird from him. He was so good for mm-hmm. Cleveland, for San Francisco, uh, for all these things these teams that he has played with over the years, he's been a very consistent kicker. And then he, you know, it's maybe there's something in the air in Arizona. I I don't know that it makes these.
0: What could, what could be in the air? They play in a place with a closed roof and it's dry. Granted, it's 115 degrees, but it's a dry heat. Yeah, maybe they get
1: too hot on the field. Who knows? But it, you know, Cat had this problem. And uh, Phil Dawson follows suit here. He missed one that, what if they don't win that game in overtime? He missed the one that would have won the game last week.
0: So Yeah, at this point, they would be sitting at, what, one, one, and one?
1: Well, yeah, they would have just, I think eventually somebody would have scored in that overtime. That That's not the... <laughs> <laughs> but fun. it's just, no, I'm saying he misses the one that they could have avoided over time. What if they needed that for a win? You know, that that's the thing is the, these start mounting up. Eventually it gets in your head, especially for kickers, where when you make it or you miss it, it's such a big deal. Then uh, moving on from that, you know, the, the Cowboys went on and still had a bad uh, another couple of bad possessions after that. And it wasn't until the Dak where he goes on the read option and absolutely fools Marcus Golden to where he goes for the rush and Dak goes in and does the flip over for the touchdown and you're heading into the half now tied at 7 in a game that easily could have been 10 nothing, 14 nothing, and you had the Cowboys with heads spinning Going into into halftime, and that's just it's such a different game, and you started to see it though. Palmer getting sacked multiple times, the right tackle, right guard, or backups, and Demarcus Lawrence was eating them alive every chance he got. And then not only that, you know, Malik Collins was causing problems, and they're rushing three guys here. They're rushing three guys. It's amazing that you can't stop a three-man rush.
0: Well, no, you can't. And when you especially have a guy like Lawrence as part of that three-man rush, I mean, come on. And remember, you got a three-man rush, you're dropping eight in coverage. So even if you do stop that, who are you going to throw to? Well, well,
1: even then, they were finding ways to get it to those receivers, you know.
0: Yeah, thanks to a large part some miracle catches or – Setting up screen passes. I mean, I thought that they would have used Andre Ellington more because he was great out of the backfield in the first quarter and then practically vanished.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the big catch by Fitzgerald, that was amazing. Ah, the ball bounces off Scandrick's butt, lands in his hands. He's able to, you know, still hold on to it. Uh, It's a third and 18 completion, which at that point you're sitting there going, this is insane. They had another one of those last week against the Colts where it was a third and 20, and they got that. So, you know, it and and this was still a situation where the Cardinals could have been able to, to recover and, and still won this game. It was still a very winnable game. It's 14, uh, it, it's 21-14 at that point. I think what really hurt, the Cardinals eventually is not only is Lawrence and everybody sacking Palmer, which makes it to where you're giving relief to those cornerbacks that are having issues defending is on the other side. Cowboys finally figured out, okay, got to move Dak around.
0: Yeah, much better using like that Seattle style with the read option. And not only did that help move Dak around, get him more comfortable time to extend the plays and make some big throws. But I think that and part of it was what helped wake up Zeke Elliott. Because you said it yourself, his first eight, nine carries, he was minus two yards. Then all of a sudden, there's a lot more action in the backfield. Zeke pops off one for 30. And then things start going from there.
1: Even then, they still held him in check for a while. It was just mainly that you're causing so much havoc in the passing game. With and that was such a smart play on the second on the Bryce Butler, where they go for 50 yards, where everybody in the world mm-hmm. thinks you're running it to Zeke at that point, and you throw it to him, and Tyron Matthew luckily touches him because if not, it would have been a touchdown that quick. But it actually works against the Cardinals because they the, the Cowboys got to run more time off the clock at that point than Zeke runs in the touchdown. It just, you know, and again, I want to point out that this is a, a Cowboys defense that was offsides several times. Uh, the, it, when Palmer did get time to throw, he was finding receivers. It's just that offensive line couldn't hold. And then no. the, the Cowboys did enough.
0: They did enough. And then you look at the last seven, eight minutes of the game when the Cardinals on offense, they did themselves no favors. Even when they were getting down the field those last five minutes, it's a two-score game. You wind up running clock, running clock, trying to get closer. Yes, you need a touchdown, but... As soon as you realize you're not going to get it, you have to try for that field goal. If anything, even to give Dawson a little bit more confidence. Yeah, and
1: you, I mean, I get it that you probably need to get more yards because you're not so confident in Dawson, but at some point you needed to go for that field goal
0: earlier Mm -hmm.
1: to give your, because either way you would have had to get an onside kick. So whether you you do it with the field goal, whether you do it with the touchdown, I I get it that had you got the touchdown first and the two-point conversion is good because that's another thing that you have to get that two-point conversion is, oh, well, we only have to go like 20, 30 yards if you get that onside kick instead of, oh, we have to go the whole length of the field. And I, I can understand Bruce Arians on that point, but... You have a higher efficiency with – you put the Cowboys under a lot more pressure knowing that eight ties the game, not, mm-hmm. oh, we can still stop them here and the game's over. Mm-hmm. If, if you'd already gone for the field goal and then let's say you get that onside kick, well, Cowboys are reeling at that point because they know if you, if you score a touchdown – yeah, again, it's all for one play on that two point conversion, but that that's a different mindset for that defense.
0: Yeah, and especially when you get the point four minutes left, three minutes left, two and a half minutes left, and you don't have any timeouts, the longer you take to even get that field goal, that works in your benefit because it's in a more stressful situation. The Cowboys have to think a bit more get their hands team in position to get the onside kick. Then if they don't, they're really scrambling defensively. As you said, those two minute situation, you can run a two minute drill to get a touchdown. All of that would have been possible.
1: No, exactly. And I think some part of a lot of this is, I, I feel like, it's, you know, people are going to be blaming Palmer. Oh, that he can't move that all this. It's like, Look, uh, the offensive line was being caved in at points. There's there's nothing he can really do. Uh, even Dak, if you're getting hit right from the middle and you don't have a... When he was able to move, he was able to move for me. I don't think this is on Palmer at all. I feel like coaching decisions weren't smart. Should have been trying to cause more havoc on these The problem is when you run these empty sets, right, you don't have anybody in there extra to block. So if you don't get that ball out quick, he's going to get sacked. And that's something I think that, you know, Arians needed to be a little bit more aware of. You know, some of these Palmer overthrows J.J. Nelson, uh, these several out-of-bounds catches that... I don't think that's on Palmer. That's just he was able to get it out there, and it's unfortunate that it didn't uh, go in bounds. The other JJ Nelson one where he it's incomplete. You know, a lot of uh, sort of unfortunate events for the Cardinals really that they could have made this a different game because that that Cowboys defense was still not really able to stop them.
0: No, it wasn't, and. In... This is turning out to be potentially a very interesting race and now in the NFC West because of this, because you look at Arizona now, if they're clearly having their issues. Long droughts without scoring, bad offensive line, can't really stop a team too often in pressure situations. Seattle also having issues with their offensive line. Potentially, now the Rams are out in front. I didn't see that coming. But, no, I called it on the preview show, 4 0 no preseasons of The Kiss of Death.
1: Yeah, and it's just, I don't think anybody thought that the Rams would be out in front as they are. But that's the thing. I mean, the Cardinals do catch a break being at home against the 49ers next week, so you'd think that that mm. gets them uh, back on things, but again, if it's going to be run and gun...
0: There's no guarantee given the way the Niners played on Thursday. No guarantee.
1: Yeah, that's true. There is no guarantee. <laughs> but I, I, you would think that the Cardinals would think that they're in an advantage position, whereas the Cowboys are going to be facing the nfc west leading rams and that's an interesting of course this is a wave it's in at home now much different rams team and talk about weapons these are guys that you know you got to deal with zeke now you got to deal with todd Gurley, and they they actually put todd Gurley out there in the passing game that's going to be a very interesting one for that defense if they can't get the pressure on that Rams offensive line that they got against the Cardinals, they might get gaped wide open.
0: Hashtag freezing. Hashtag okay. Um <laughs> Hey, it's the headache. It's nothing. I Yeah. Like I said, I've your in orange slices. I, I that would, You're stumped by the <laughs> that would
1: stop me dead by tracks. <laughs> You're stumped by the phrasing there. Do you uh-huh. see this as a potential problem for the for the Cowboys not going against the Rams with all the weapons they have? Sammy Watkins to put you over the top. You got uh Reynolds, Higby, Cooper Cup you gotta deal with, and then Todd Gurley as well. That's that's a lot for a defense that was It showing that When they couldn't rush, they were there for the taking.
0: Especially if L.A. follows the blueprint of how they did extremely effectively against San Francisco, but also following Arizona's kind of roadmap through the first quarter, quarter and a half establishing Gurley and the passing game early on to set him up against the run. Then you have more of your speedy target in Watkins, your over-the-middle threat in Cooper Cup, and keep going from there.
1: Yeah, certainly. And, you know, I think to turn it back to this game uh, one last time here, do you worry about the... Cardinals going forward saying uh, or or is this division such in a flux that it's it's not a big deal this one and two start by them I feel like they have more problems than just I don't think Palmer's the issue. I think it's more about obviously David Johnson is huge let's let's put that out there David Johnson not being there is a huge deal mm-hmm. And I feel like they don't have a lot of variety in the passing game either. It's, okay, if Fitzgerald can't make something happen, you're just throwing it to the guy that runs the fastest.
0: Pretty much. And while we saw little more than 10 years ago, a 7-9 and Seattle win this division and win a home playoff game, do I think that's going to be the case this year? No. But... This division still up in flux to where I would be hovering over the panic button, but I wouldn't push it just yet.
1: Obviously, the NFC is super competitive right now as well, uh, with three teams now being 2-1. and one. The Giants sitting there at 0-3, very much like the 49ers are in the NFC West. Do you think this is a big statement here for for Dak with a lot of people saying, you know, in our chat, a lot of talk about slump? Is he on a slump? The numbers are indicating he's going to be coming out, throwing two touchdowns, doing what makes him, you know, doing what what you do best, running it in, being a leader as well, kind of simmering everybody down and understanding patience that all right look this isn't working we've got to figure out something else things they did not do against the broncos and i think the biggest thing for me was yeah it does got that touchdown that you could have argued maybe wasn't a touchdown don't force it to a receiver if it's not there
0: no don't force it whatsoever and The reason everybody was talking about sophomore slump, and I even brought this up in chat. there's now a year's plus worth of film on him. Now you have ways so you can effectively game plan. Well, guess what? Jason Garrett and that offense, they've made adjustments that are much friendlier to Dak. Dak has just got to step up, go with these adjustments, improve himself again to a certain extent. I think tonight he showed he can.
1: Yeah, certainly, and that's got to be from the coaching staff as well of understanding that, look, Des is going to be covered by some of the best corners in the entire league. Look, their mm-hmm. schedule is littered with them. He's got – now, Tremaine Johnson showed he could be had uh, against the 49ers and Pierre Garçon especially, but you have to take those chances and you have to take them wisely. You can't just say, okay, we're going we're gonna to throw it to him even if it's at the expense of committing a turnover or whatever. No, you you throw it to the guy that's open, throw it to the person that has a chance. Look, Cole Beasley got one catch in this game. Witten got, what, two catches, one catch? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Dez got the one for the touchdown. It was Bryce Butler on the long heaves, really. Uh, that, That was their offense. So sometimes you're the game is going to break for you in different ways and you got to be willing to just go with it.
0: Yeah. And when you know that you have pretty much no options, you have to turn nothing into something. Cardinals weren't able to do that and the Cowboys really were. Yeah,
1: no, no uh, turnovers in this game either. Very interesting. Something you don't see happen a lot.
0: Nope. Especially nowadays when defenses are trying to be more and more opportunistic.
1: I mean, both guys, uh, Dak, not so much, but Palmer had a few that could have easily been intercepted. Uh, just They either wound up being crazy catches like the Fitzgerald one or you had just they went out of bounds or it was too low or whatever. But still a credit, again, to the, the Cowboys defense uh, for – taking a stand, DeMarcus Lawrence for now leading the league in sacks for six Mm -hmm. and a half to do three games. And, you know, the the Cowboys for stepping up and knowing that they needed to win this game with the Rams coming into town next week. But uh, I'm going to shift focus here uh, to, and we saw it in this game as well, to kind of cap off the weekend. And I apologize that this is going to make some people upset. But we're going to talk about it because it's what we do on this show. It's what we do on all of our other shows for the most part. Uh, We don't go away from controversy because someone may not like it. If you don't like it, you know, there's always the option of of turning it off right now. Uh, But we wanted to talk about the game first just to get that out there and, and have it be out there. But the Cowboys decided that they were going to kneel before the anthem. And then both teams were standing locked arm in arm uh, while the anthem played. This is, of course, this this unity or disparate unity, really, because so many teams did so many different things uh, throughout the, the Sunday and into Monday uh, based off of the president of the United States making comments saying that you should fire the son of a bitch that does not stand for the anthem. If you're an NFL owner, you should be lining up the bus to send them home. If that's what you're, if that's what you're allowing, and he, you know, further went on to say more things in that realm. Uh, you had LeBron coming out and talking about it today. You had uh, Greg Popovich had very poignant comments to make, and of course, you know, the whole league made different. Decisions. Some stayed in the locker room. Some came out arm in arm. Some were kneeling while doing that. How does this sort of make you feel? Do you do you think the league did the right thing here? Feeling like you're attacked. Let's go out there and and be unified. Or should this should this been more of a league initiative? And the league comes in together, all the players, and say, okay, we're all going to do this and show that. All of us as players are united, no matter what team we play for.
0: You know, Mike Tomlin said it best when he had the decision to where the team was going to stay in the locker room. Of course, you had Alejandro Villanueva, offensive lineman, who is a veteran, who is a captain. He stood outside the locker room, stood for the anthem. That's all well and good. But Mike Tomlin said it best. You protect the players that do have an opinion and you protect the players that don't. You had even within teams, there were so many different ideas and things of what they wanted to do. The Cardinals wanted to reach out and have a unified thing with the Cowboys. That ended up something different. The Raiders wanted to be in the locker room during the National Anthem. By NFL rules, since it was a primetime televised game, they couldn't. And you've had conversations internally within teams for hours and hours and sometimes even days leading up to this weekend. And if that, you're just deciding among rosters of 53, then there was nothing that you could have done for a league of more than 1,500 players. It would have been not quite total chaos, but there would have been discord. There could have been so many things that could have gone wrong. So I think handling this on a team-by-team basis with all the players getting together within their squads was a great thing. And I personally think it turned out well.
1: Yeah, obviously the Cowboys and Cardinals had more time to think about that than mm-hmm. the other teams did. But it started from the moment that the NFL's week began in London during the the English National Anthem, which has nothing to do with America. They're kneeling. You know, and, and it's just, I, I think, you know, Ray Lewis was there and and all that. And then it you know, went on throughout the day. And it's just. I think. This is just one of those times where. As a leader of a country. You have to take a step back. And think about what you're saying. Think about what you're. What platform you're using this. To, to put it on. Because you're now attacking a league. That is trying to. Represent issues. And this is not all the players, this is certain players that feel like there is inequality in the country, racial issues, all I'm that. Sure. And that, and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: You know, I, I... nothing wrong at all. And personally, it's the truth. I mean, I had my experiences both good and bad. I even had some of a negative experience with the police officer. Just driving on my way home from work last Thursday. So I've seen it, I've lived it, I get it. And I've said on past shows, these are the players, they have the voice, they have the opportunity, and this is the best form to express themselves to at the very least open up a dialogue.
1: Right, now, and you- I thought what Greg Popovich said was very important in that the only way that this is going to be a thing is if people talk about it. You got to make people uncomfortable to make change happen.
0: Absolutely, you do. And this, I hope, continues things. Now, granted, we have one man, very powerful man, unfortunately, in the White House. Deciding to go after, let's face it, a $10 billion a year league, $12 billion a year. That overshadows comments that he made just 24, 36 hours prior. And that made the conversation even bigger than a lot of people wanted. But I think it made the conversation even bigger than what it needed to be. And for a positive.
1: Because it was starting to become a lesser of a narrative. Right. They weren't Mm -hmm. focusing on it so much. Obviously, when polls tell you that that was the biggest reason why people turned the games off, that's another reason why you're not going to focus on it so much. But the fact that you came out and said this and then you made it, like you said, a bigger issue, I guess, in a positive way, it unified the league. Right. And we're not having the NFLPA and the NFL go at each other over the Zeke thing or or something else. You know, for one weekend, uh, whether you agree with the, the stance or not, you're unified in it in a way. And it says something when Roger Goodell is the one <laughs> speaking out uh, against uh, the president. When, when he has more morals than you, I feel like...
0: <laughs> John Oliver said it best. When you're losing the high ground to Roger Goodell that's a problem yeah uh, that is a problem but you know that's the thing
1: uh, he obviously and he's been at least he's been consistent with it that he does not care really what he says he's going to say what he, he feels and he thinks and it doesn't matter how much he is questioned about it, it that's what how he feels about something and uh, he has that right to express that opinion just like everybody else does However, again, as the leader of the free nation, and and I thought LeBron did a great job of talking about it as well, of just saying, like, you've got to think about there's so many things going on with this country. Why do we have to take this into sports? You know, there's so many other things going on uh, that are real issues. That he should be focusing on. But we're going to take the time to go. Attack a league. Or attack sports in general for. Using your right to. Kneel. Or stand. Or whatever. Right? It just. Seems very contradictory.
0: Yeah. It it does. And unfortunately. This is sadly where we're at right now. When you've got people that really don't have an off switch and have whatever inclinations or maybe whatever you want to say about that person, well, they don't shut up. This is what happens.
1: Do you make anything out of the Cardinals fans booing the Cowboys for kneeling before the Anthem was played. So basically they're just booing the act of kneeling. Does that say anything about what's being, trying to be accomplished?
0: For this particular instance, yes. And in the grand scheme, no, this is showing a lot of really how people feel in a lack of tolerance And I have some very reputable inside sources that says this spread to other teams. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping things behind the scenes and before anything gets revealed so I can double check. But this just shows how ready some people are and how ready some people just aren't.
1: Yeah, I mean... uh... The thing is that there are uh, several, not in the NFL, but perhaps in other leagues, uh, Greg Popovich said that, uh, you know, he heard a NASCAR owner that was basically echoing his comments. Mm-hmm. And it's just, he is like, wow, can't believe we live in a country like that. And, yeah,
0: uh, and you had Dalen Earnhardt Jr. Tweet, or tweet out the quote, From JFK. I mean it's just. Everybody's really getting on board. And. I'm thankful that they are. I wish they didn't have to in this situation. But. It's good to know. This is a unifying force.
1: Yeah it's just. I mean. It sucks, again, we're, we're on a football podcast, supposed to be talking about football, and we're having to spend 10 minutes talking about things that are so tangibly related to it because you're attacking that league that now, you know, we, we have to mix politics into this conversation, and it sucks. I, I don't really like talking about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know you sort of do more on the point of viewer, and... I'm sure you will have a lot to talk about on on your show uh, whenever Ooh, you do that.
0: Because it's been a couple of weeks, so I'm determined to play me some catch up.
1: <laughs> Certainly, and I, I think that I just wanted to to speak about that, and because it was a big deal about the weekend that that was a dominating news story through Saturday, through the college games, through the NFL games all that, it's, you know, it, it's a big deal, and I felt like we needed to, I, I get that a lot of people probably would have wished we didn't, or saying, oh, okay, you already know why you talking about it, well, let's just dedicate that time for that, so, I said that we weren't going to do a full, you know, in-depth recap or anything, but I, I do want to sort of touch on certain things, I guess, general thoughts about the Sunday in football, things that maybe surprised you or that uh, you're sitting there going. I I thought the thing that stuck out to me is once again, this league is so week to week. Mm -hmm. You think you know teams and then they come out and play the exact opposite.
0: Yo, I, you know, the Jaguars, you called this, I was delusional, I don't know. Maybe they should just up and move to London. Let That's them the third
1: t- straight London game that they've won.
0: Not just one, Flacco got benched. 8 of 18 for 28 yards and two interceptions. Blake Bortles yeah. throwing four touchdown passes. I I
1: three of them to Mercedes
0: Lewis who God I yeah. should have picked him on FanDuel. <laughs> I think I, hey,
1: you would have been the only one.
0: <laughs> I mean, oh dear God. And, and and the thing is I was unfortunately awake for that game. Sober. I didn't watch it, but I kept tabs on it. I it's just I God, but you and then you gotta have,
1: win. I mean,
0: yes, but it, why can't they do it here in the U S well, technically they did do it in week one. Yes. Okay. But it wasn't at home. Think about it. Their wins. Have yeah. Come just, in you Houston. can't win in Jacksonville. No, their wins have come in Houston and London. What does that say?
1: It says that uh, Jacksonville is sort of a curse or something. I don't know. but
0: it, And then you have the end crazy endings to the 1 o'clock games. In a 10-minute span, Brady leads a team down the field for a game-winning touchdown with 20 seconds left. Right when Deshaun Watson's about to be the first rookie quarterback in the Belichick-Brady era to win in Foxborough. Then you have the crazy ending in Detroit. Then well, have-
1: also, I oh. should point out that where Houston allowed a third and 18 to be completed. And Deshaun Watson could not complete a second and three and get a first down. True. So, you know, just saying, I had Tom Brady, another one of these ridiculous comebacks. It's It's amazing. You know, two weeks ago, we were sitting here talking about, oh, well, some people did. I don't ever want to call Tom Brady old because the dude just goes out there and shows you it doesn't matter how old he is. He's going to go out there and and fire it. And uh, he certainly did that.
0: Yeah, capping off a five-touchdown day. And everybody was saying, like you said, about Tom Brady and this and that after the loss to the Chiefs. I said, I've seen this before. Just wait. Look at what they've done since.
1: Yeah, I mean, some more... You know, the Bills might actually be legit.
0: Mm. Mmm... Tyrontero looked really good here. He he did, but I've been saying that the Bills were a legit threat almost every year for the past decade, and they wind up screwing it up.
1: Trevor Simeon also made some... (laughs) Bonehead plays as well. Going back to Trevor Simeon, I think a lot of people expected.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the Trevor Simeon that I know and love. Showing that Northwestern pride. It's just like almost every game
1: on this week was some kind of crazy comeback or it's the, mm-hmm. a team that you don't expect doing something and you're going, what the hell? I, yeah, we watch this league and you're going, what well, is going on that the Cam Newton may just may just not be Cam Newton anymore. No. they got to figure out something.
0: And as, and yeah. as I said, look in a span of 10 minutes. You had the Patriots ending the Lions and against the Falcons and a rookie and Jake Elliott making a 61 yard field goal at the death to beat the Giants. And who,
1: yeah, who, who would have thought that would have?
0: Yeah, and who I just had I looked at my TV as I see that kick go through, and I was like, what the F? <laughs> there were a lot of words coming out of my mouth. Yeah, and uh, that could have gone longer, too. Yeah. Uh, and,
1: I mean, it, the Giants, I think, you have to be really disappointed because you came back all in the fourth quarter.
0: Mm-hmm. And then can't get it done and it's and, just... and let's be real Odell Beckham jr when you'd catch touchdowns like that you deserve to do the celebration in uh, honest, not not
1: peeing on the not peeing on the end zone. look dogs lift their leg to go pee it's that's unnecessary it's absolutely unnecessary it's like walk the dog fine you don't have to do the peeing part I get the flag it's fine I just, it, you know, it, I do think Odell Beckham showed that he's worth the money, that mm-hmm. he is that offense, that he changed. If, if he can get going, it opens up everything else for that receiving core. And, and yeah, just uh, speaking of on the ground, though, the Bears beat the Steelers. I think I said this, though. Ben Roethlisberger goes outside of Hans Field. He doesn't play that well. Held that
0: that happened. Yeah, held under 300 yards again. This is, what, the ninth straight game? Yep. Not to mention, just nearly had a walk-off touchdown, had that called back, only to give up another walk-off touchdown in overtime. Yeah, (laughs) that's so... Like okay, Cohen's was
1: wrongly called, Mm-hmm. and then he, they get it anyway. It just uh, shows you, yeah. You know, sometimes it's fate, right? Or yeah, football gods, fate. or whatever you want to
0: call. Bears just won the game. No, they didn't. Wait a couple minutes. Now the Bears just won the game. I.
1: The we got to talk about the ending of the Falcons and Lions game before we get out of here. It's. Talk yeah, can, about. Can, can Absolute can, heartbreaker.
0: Talk about a Montreal slide job on that one. It just, whoa.
1: I don't and, know that it's a slide. I think you have to look at it this way, though. How can you give the offense a free play if you should have rightfully called that he was not in the end zone the first time Mm -hmm. And then at eight seconds, that's difficult to say that they will be able to get to the line and get a playoff. Mm -hmm. But you're also saying that they had no chance, which that's not true. We don't know that. But Mm
0: -hmm. It's like,
1: how do do you how do you change that where it's not hurting one or the other?
0: And, And I agree. That's why I don't like the rule. And initially, I thought Tate was in. But then when I looked at the replay, I had to cringe because the referees made the right call. The fact that he was short. Now, the reason that I don't like the rule, I can't stand the 10-second runoff. There are some situations where it is completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. And that's, what, and that's really what screwed the Lions over was because since he was ruled down by contact, short, and it was a running clock, 10-second runoff, well, there's eight seconds left, game over. Right. It, it was just unbelievable and heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, that's got to be heartbreaking because you're at home, you're thinking you won, you're 3-0, and you just beat the defending NFC champions. Wow.
0: And made
1: made a big comeback, too.
0: Yeah, you made a huge comeback again. Do you realize those two teams, with how everything else shook down, they were the last two unbeaten teams in the NFC? Yeah. And now here you are. We're only in week four. And there's two undefeated teams left in the entire league. The record, by the way, for fastest for every team in the league to lose, week five. That could be broken.
1: It certainly could be. Uh, however, the Browns, they still can't win a game because Jacoby Percet, he, he definitely showed that. This is another one, I think. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Case Keenum. I mean, these guys are leading their teams to wins. Uh, Josh McCown absolutely
0: helps. I'm not not talking about the Josh McCown. He did enough, and Jay Cutler had his first game where he really cracked the bed.
1: Well, not just that. I think also the the Dolphins just, I think they thought they could show up and win.
0: And they should have, but they didn't. Now, with a couple of those other quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett, I was kind of surprised about. Although, the fact that the Colts allowed him to show off a little bit of his athleticism, and the Browns couldn't do much to stop it. Case Keenum, we've seen flashes of this before when he was in Houston. So this isn't too much of a stretch.
1: I know, but he'd been bad in, in Los Angeles and St. Louis, whatever, for then. He had a bad reputation coming in, you know, and he goes out there. Stephon Diggs has another big game, and, and you know, Davon Cook finally gets going. And uh, another thing too is the the Seahawks and Bengals. Just the Seahawks. I, I I commend Russell Wilson for all the stuff that he does to keep that team in it. I think losing Doug Baldwin to that groin strain was big, but it's just nobody's blocking for him. The dude's just running for his life the entire game. And the Titans finally figure out, oh, we need to run the ball. And they win. And it's just and same thing, like the Bengals I, I you know what you what I said about Russell Wilson, I think I put this one on Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Again, not making decisions when they need to be made. Not getting out of plays I don't uh, I don't get it with him I think at some point I, I think next week if they don't respond and beat the Browns you know that leash better come out for Dalton because
0: I mean you've already fired the offensive coordinator. You make a change. You had some great defensive plays to help you get out to a 21-7 lead against Aaron Rodgers, who has never beaten you before, and you help him get two firsts. You were the last team that he was yet to beat in the NFL, and you helped get him his first overtime win. I personally think not only if you lose to the Browns and go 0-4, Leashes up for Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis stays on the hot seat.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt Marvin Lewis starts, has to be on the hot seat if if, if they lose. But uh, you know, and I think something needs to be said for the Browns too. You're you're putting all this into oh Deshaun Kaiser, he's going to be your guy. The defense is supposed to be better. I'm not seeing any of that, and. You know, if things keep going the way they're going, you know, Cleveland might have to start thinking about, well, do we have to draft another quarterback?
0: No, I really don't think so. There's just a lot run, and I think a lot needs to be changed. And I still say this top down from the rounds (gasps) on the field. Deshaun Kaiser is making good strides. But again, he's another rookie. You have to give him time. You've got other talent that you're trying to develop. To an extent, it seems to be working. You got rid of a very key receiver that could have helped in Terrell Pryor. You're not giving Hugh Jackson a lot to work with. That's a problem.
1: Yeah, and I think just if this year fails, and let's say you do decide okay we're gonna try out something else at at some point i think you have to look at the front office and go maybe moneyball just doesn't work in the nfl
0: no uh, it's it's proven that
1: it's not really working in the nba either maybe it's only a baseball thing
0: yeah it is only a baseball thing because you have so many different statistics and metrics in basketball you have more money to work with so you don't you really need to practice money ball as much and you certainly can't do it in NFL because it's a different style of sport. You don't have a one platoon system, you haven't since the thirties. Everything is much, much more highly specialized.
1: Yeah, I mean and they even though they have the next gen stats and all that stuff now that they can break down almost anything. You can take a stat and turn it into whatever you want at this point with whatever with all the stuff that they measure, but even then there's so much about the NFL and football in general that's just that's still not down to stats. It's still no. down to grit, heart, going out there and just making a play, you know, that that a lot of times that you're never going to see on a stat on a, on a stat sheet and be able to go, no. "Okay, that's the player we need."
0: Yeah, and Australia, they even have a term for this, one percenters. Those little plays that don't show up, but they have all that up that gives you that extra 1-2% chance of winning. And lastly, I'm sorry, we have to,
1: the sunny night game, did the Raiders even show up?
0: No. No. Were the Redskins
1: playing themselves? I mean. Yes. What was that?
0: What was that was very angry, caused me to drink, and potentially cost me some good money on FanDuel. That's what that was.
1: Well, taking away from the personal perspective for a second, I I think you talk about laying an egg. This was the lay an egg
0: game. This wasn't laying an egg. This was okay. Here, here's a dozen. You don't even need to go to the store. Check that off the grocery list.
1: Just absolutely dominated on both facets. I mean,
0: now, I don't know that... They couldn't corner anybody. They couldn't generate anything on the run. They couldn't give Derek Hart any time. He threw two interceptions. He was making progressively bad decisions as the game wore on.
1: Mario <sighs> Cooper had, what, a catch for six yards? Yep. It's
0: like, wow. Just uh... it, was the, 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 it was the first time since September of 91 that the Redskins held anybody under 100 yards of offense. 91! Wow. Yeah, now granted, are they going to the Super Bowl this year like they did in 91? Hell no! Granted, that prediction's probably gonna bite me somewhere down the road, but I'm sticking by it. But at the same time... This is a very big win, and now I have to deal with Kirk Cousins and his ego for another week.
1: Well, very big game happening on Monday Night Football. Now next week we'll be talking about the Redskins again against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs get to defend their crown of being the best team in football. You know their defense certainly going to be putting it to them though, so. Well, that's, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. So we'll, um, unless you have anything else you want to say about the weekend here, uh, I think that's going to do it. The, that's uh, the, this is a, it was a, a crazy week of football.
0: Every prediction the, you put out at the beginning of this season, you have permission to throw it out of the window
1: basically uh and then who knows you know at this point you know i wouldn't count the giants finally figuring it out and coming out of that zero and three hole and you know just so many things can can happen uh we're just entering week four like eric said you still got lots of football left gonna be fun to talk about packers bears now next week with both teams coming off a win
0: i wonder what their color rush uniforms are going to look like
1: i think that they've done thursday night football with them plenty of times so we should have color rush uh uniforms for them that you can look at but yeah uh this is it's it's going to be a fun week next week hopefully less political talk we hope uh less uh Discussion on that, but that, that really was a big theme of the weekend. And again, sorry if you didn't like that we had to talk about that in the middle there, but it needed to be mentioned. And again, if you like what you heard here, uh, let us know by hitting the subscribe button and also, you know, writing a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen. We're on iHeartRadio as well, uh, YouTube, wtmnet.com. Last word on ProFootball.com on on so many uh, different platforms. Whatever podcasting platform you like, we're on it. And again, uh, thank you for joining us here. We will be back on Thursday, talking. Uh, wow, Packers and Bears again, and previewing uh, the entire upcoming slate of games. Uh, not to mention it was a crazy week in college football as well. But yeah, so. All right, and until then, later, everybody.
0: Peace.